Well, it's another edition of something to talk about, and she is still Vaughn. He's still Stuart. <laughs> Hello, good morning. How are you? I see you're in the library. I'm, I'm in the library, which is kind of a hint as to where we're going with this show. Uh, but uh, good, good to see you again. I haven't, I, I haven't you. seen you for 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 a little bit. Uh, and and now that you are live in front of my face, I can say, "Go Bears." I know that's pretty great, was, right? It, it it was great. Little little anticlimactic final game. Uh, their their semifinal game was a barn burner and all, but I mean they led they they led from the the opening tip off to to right to the end of the game. They came just, out on they came out on fire. They just they just came out, and I'm telling you, it was just like they were just. I mean, I know both teams were great teams and all that, but. The Bears just came out with, I don't know, just something in their heart that just, I, they just were in it to really win it. And they did. Yep. And we were thrilled. We, we were, you and I were texting during the game. And, and, and it was, well, yesterday the girls texted me from Baylor and they're having, they were having their big parade. And our president, Linda, was they there. covered it on TV. Yep. And they had been to Dallas, they'd been to Austin. You know, they're, they're representing the whole state, really, when you think right. about it, as national champions. And then they ended up in, in Waco, and uh, the students all came out, and, and they had their mascots and everybody, and the players each got to come up on stage and say a few words. And it was really um, just, a fun t just a fun time to be a Baylor student right now, for sure. And, and you, got, you got three baby bears. Because I got three baby bears. all three of your kids are, are either Baylor students or a Baylor graduate. <laughs> yep, Matthew's the Baylor graduate, and then we've got Emily, who's graduating in just a couple weeks, and then Elizabeth, who will be a sophomore next year. Yep, so, so go they, Baylor, a great job. And they got there because they spent time in when they were growing up at the library. Hmm, how <laughs> exactly. do you like that? How do you like that for a segue? Very good. Um, very good. And and we're we're talking libraries today because you know. Libraries today are not what they were when when we were growing up, and there is no better person to to ask about those changes and where libraries are going than a special guest that you invited, and she's with us this morning, Myra Diaz. Good morning, Myra. Hello, hello. How are you, our our librarian expert extraordinaire? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Just, just wonderful. It, it's, you know, we, you know, we want our audience, first of all, to know that while we're talking about some great big news and changes here in the library system in, in Frisco, Texas, where we're, where we're located, there is a lot going on with library systems all over the country that are, are reacting to these modern times and everything. Every business has got to recreate themselves uh, and all, and Frisco, Man, I'll tell you, you and your staff have just wrapped your arms around what all the new innovations are going to be. So, you know, let's throw it out to you, Myro. You know, what are some of the incredible things that are going on with the with the Frisco Library System? Yeah. So, first of all, thank you for having me. I love talking to both of you, two of my favorite Frisco people, and I love talking about libraries. So, this is a good day in the neighborhood for me. You know, 
<laughs> so li Frisco Library has just been super busy, of course, even with COVID. In the midst of, you know, a pandemic, we've still been able to pivot our resources and our services to our community. So just to kind of do a quick look back to 2020, on March 20, March 16th of 2020, we actually had to close the library. We closed for a month. Uh, we were trying to follow the science. We were trying to see what was happening. And uh, to just for safety and health, uh, public health, we decided let's go ahead and close the library. All the libraries in the Metroplex were closing. And so we followed suit, uh, you know, our uh, elected officials and our city manager's office agreed. And our director was, a, she was uh, just at the tip of the spear and uh, keeping up with the science. And so we closed for a month. We sent our staff home. We unfortunately did have to furlough some staff for about two, three months, our part-timers. Our full-timers were able to go home and we pivoted to a virtual programming for story times. We kept our online support. Uh, we pushed all our video, all our virtual, our, all our eBooks. We hit, we send emails to all our members. And then within a short period of time, we developed a business model where we opened up curbside for the community where you can go and park. Uh, we still allowed people to drop materials off. We extended all due dates so that no one would be penalized if they couldn't get out, though they didn't feel safe getting out. Uh, the building did close for a whole month. So our physical library was closed, but our digital libraries, I like to call it, did stay open that whole month that we were closed. Uh, but then we started curbside and that gave us a different opportunity to serve the community differently. And it was wildly popular. We used all the staff. Um, the biggest concern was giving, keeping everyone socially distanced, even in the library uh, behind the scenes where no one, even though the public wasn't coming in. Uh, and then soon after uh, that, we acclimated to the idea, the science was saying, okay, we, we can socially distance, you know, mask wearing, plexiglass. And we looked at, we looked at the private sector for what they were doing, because uh, remember, grocery stores were open, hospitals were open, you know, uh, firefighters and police were out there doing their jobs. And so uh, with the city being as progressive and innovative as it is, we looked at how could we do the job that we want to do for our public, keep everyone safe. And, and just kind of bridge those two ideas together. And um, a lot of people um, used our electronic services. They used curbside, some were coming in. We did keep our, our second floor closed though, because of uh, reasons that children don't socially distant. You know, we brought in new custodial services right, to wipe right. down all their surfaces because as soon as you use the computer, they would come back behind this and wipe it clean. And then Again, new science came about and we're like, oh, the dwell time wasn't needed. They don't live on surfaces. It's airborne. And anyway, it's been quite a year. So I feel like after a year's worth of uh, studying the CDC guidelines and following, you know, our local government mandates, whether it was Texas state or the county, you know, we just got to this place where we feel pretty confident. And I have to brag about the library in terms of how we manage uh, the pandemic in terms of safety, uh, everyone wore masks from the very beginning. And the city of Frisco, of course, you know, followed suit for all staff. I get to not wear a mask because I'm in my private office. Right. Uh, but if I were out there, I'd have to wear my handy dandy surgical mask, just like the, the rest of us. So uh, the staff does still wear masks. 
We don't require for the public to wear them, um, but we are, are full swing. We've got ESL virtual, uh, ESL or English as a second language for adults, that's gone virtual. We are still producing virtual programs for young people. And of course, we still have all our digital resources, you know, uh, continuous learning like lynda.com or LinkedIn, uh, Gale courses, which are six-week courses for the community to learn uh, lifelong learning. That's what the library is about. And then we have reopened the second floor. So Children's Services is back up. Uh, and we don't have any more occupancy restrictions based on the governor's orders. And so um, People, though, in Frisco have been very mindful about not crowding, which has been very good. Uh, and so we feel it's just like a really safe environment. The one thing no one ever talks about, though, that we did behind the scenes is that we installed some filters, some ionization filters for our side of the building. Oh, and great. so we kill anything that decides to come into our airspace, everything. And so uh, I hope that keeps everybody even a little safer uh, beyond uh, the COVID uh, virus. So, right, right. yeah. And then the summer's happening. We're going to do we're doing story times on the square. So that was our first live event on the square in on the grass with tons of beautiful children. And our first one, we had like 131 people come out and, you know, just doing, you know, shaking your sillies out and head and shoulders and whatever song we were out there. It was great. So of course I got all misty. You know how I am about having yeah. kids around and stories. And oh, it was just like, oh, they're back. You know, if, if, anybody, if anybody knows how to shake their sillies out, it's it's Myra. It's, it's Myra. <laughs> <laughs> Myra, actually I have a kind of a twofold question for you. So okay. it, it sounds like really so my I guess my first question is when did the idea come to y'all to build a new library like and that doesn't have to be a detailed question just kind of generally speaking mm -hmm. speaking of timeline like when did the idea come to our people to build a new museum and, and make it bigger and make it better and then during the time where it sounds like you kind of were just dealing with the pandemic keeping the library's head above water so to speak doing all that you needed to do to meet the new yeah. requirements, keeping people safe. During all that time, did you lose any traction in kind of planning and building, creating and designing and building and moving in the direction of, you know, creating this mm -hmm. new library during mm -hmm. the past mm -hmm. year? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So um, a couple of things, let's give you a little backstory. In 2018, our city government realized that, well, we've been out of room for a very long time. For a city this size, we've had a library that, even though it's three stories and it looks really big, we, we've been out of room for a long time. I think we are, I can't even tell you the date that we outgrew it, but we outgrew it <laughs> very quickly. And um, Stuart knows, you guys know, I mean, you're on our foundation board, Yvonne, so you know, uh, you get the monthly reports, you see how busy we are. And so in 2018, city government and elected officials decided that we were going to start to identify that building, the GEA slash BO building at 8000 Nortex uh, at the tollway and Cotton Gin right there on the corner. And we they looked at that space and said, let's start conducting a feasibility study. So they did a feasibility study and we were at the, our, our management team and we had a, a, a construction company and we had um, our uh, architecture firm that was working with us directly. And so they, you know, all the minds, all the great minds got together and um, 2018, they did that feasibility study. And then in 2019, 
our council and mayor decided to put it before the uh, citizens to vote. Uh, the feasibility study said that we could vote for a uh, 146,000 square foot space and it would take $62 million to build it. Uh, the voters said yes. And that was like, yeah, we're doing this. So, you know, in 2019, that passes. And then our city manager's office, along with um, our elected officials, big supporters of the library, our main stakeholders, they said, yeah, let's go ahead. And, you know, they started doing the intricacies of finance and selling bonds and all that really, you know, it's, it's a little boring, but it's also kind of fun. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. to know that um, the city's uh, financial status in the bond market is so high that we just get really good interest rates and all that good stuff. All the stuff you know nobody ever talks about when you're you know getting a degree in librarianship because right. you know right. most of us like we love literacy and children's and then it's like oh and we're talking about interest rates and bond rating so right. it's very right. it's so cool it's so cool so that's 2019 and then from then on all we did was develop the space. And we started and we used all the information from our, our master plan that was done a, a year, a few years prior to that. So we weren't operating in a vacuum in the dark in a boardroom. We were using the information that our community told us that they wanted to see in a library. And then we have been studying libraries, new buildings for years now. Honestly, uh, Shelly, the management team, CMO, and our elected officials have gone on. We went on trips, actually, uh, that were funded not by the city, but by the foundation and the friends to go and visit new libraries across the country. And we used best practices. We learned, we said, and then we came back and said, this is what our community needs. It's very exciting. Um, and then in 2020, we used that time where things did slow down because of the pandemic, even though our virtual world was buzzing and our digital materials were being used, foot traffic was lower because people didn't want to be in right. public areas as right. they were supposed to not be, right? Yeah, and yeah. so we used that time very strategically, Vaughn. We started studying our how long things took for us to do them at the library. And we started attaching value and time, uh, value in terms of value to the community, and then what it took staff time to produce this these products, whatever they might be, story times, uh, selecting materials, uh, developing uh, programs for, you know, whatever. Uh, and so we've learned a lot about our practices. We attract everything through lean, the method of, you know, making sure that everything is super efficient, but customer driven all the way. And so this last year, you would thought, oh, well, they weren't that busy. No, we were super busy working behind the scenes, trying to identify how we turn our current business model and, and work ethic and, you know, just time that we spend doing things to our new library, because we are going to triple in size. We're right around 55,000 square feet here. We're going to 146,000. That's a substantial wow. increase. I mean, we have one room that is a community room here, and we're going to bump up to about 27 spaces that the community will be able to uh, rent uh, for different fees based on whether you're a nonprofit or you're a resident or if you're a for profit. We haven't hashed out any of those details yet, but no, it's coming. Right. Uh, and that's going to be very exciting. We're going to have a terrace. We're going to have a creativity room. We're going to have a um, 
three. We're going to have a giant multi-purpose space that will is dividable in three segments. So we can rent out three rooms at 100 or one room at 200, one room at, at 100. 200 and 100 or a, a space for 300 like think council chambers right but instead right, on right. a flat surface no no risers and we will have the av for all of those different configurations very exciting uh the terrace and these of uh, this space will be available actually after hours so very excited about that possibility too you know myra you you mentioned the terrace am i am i correct i think the plan show that that's a rooftop terrace uh, it's actually not on the roof, but instead we, with the languages use rooftop, but it's actually a terrace that expands, uh, right below the actual roof line. The roof is a oh, very okay. delicate, um, structure. It's kind of old too. Uh, and I might be speaking out of turn cause I'm not an architect or a construction person, but there is, it doesn't have the, um, the, it's not strong enough to sustain a roof. A, t a terrace on the roof, right? Uh, but it is a side. And so they're building out some of the, um, uh, what is it, the multi-purpose space. And then right above that is the actual terrace. You yeah. know, also to, to put things into perspective for the for our audience, uh, you said you were going to go from about 55,000 square feet to 140 some thousand square feet, triple the size. People have to understand that 10 years ago, Frisco was a population of about 75,000, and now we're above 200,000. So yeah. you mentioned the need, uh, the facility where it's going in. You also, I think, mentioned earlier about $62 million. Am I correct? Originally, there was there was a thought of building a new freestanding library was going to cost at least twice that, but the building where it's going to be going in was available. So in okay. essence, you are expanding and saving money at the same yeah. time. It's kind of a win-win. That's right. And that was part of the feasibility study, right? So between yeah. um, the architects that did it and construction um, estimations and our city manager's office, you know, all of that was put before our city council and mayor and they decided which which option they wanted to go with. This space is going to have 100,000 square feet on the bottom. So think of Super Walmart. And right. then uh, the second is a mezzanine. And on that mezzanine, we're going to have all kinds of goodies for our community. It's going to be very, very cool. You know, How many stories will it be? It's us one and a half stories. If you think about it, it's one okay. story and then the mezzanine and you'll be able to be on the mezzanine and look down to wow. this beautiful library. So, you know, yes, as Myra said, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to sit on the foundation for the library. And so I'm sitting here biting my tongue a little bit because I've been made privy to some details that we're not going to talk about today on the show. That's right. That's right. You know, because we 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 want to bring that to the community um, at a later date. But it, it is incredible. If all I can say is that just if the word, because while the space um, met some maybe financial feasibilities or whatnot, it's right. it was a unique space in in that it was um, 
could a I say, factory. Can I say a warehouse? I was going to say warehouse, but a factory. It was a, a, a rocket factory. It was a rocket way, factory. Yeah, when it was built, and the, the, hence why the ceiling is so tall yes. and why the concrete or the foundation is so strong, which is a great thing for us in libraries because you have to have a certain strength to the flooring because heavy books are very heavy. Sure. I mean, have you have, sure. you know, you pick up a box of books and you're like, ah. Right. So imagine shelving, rows and rows of shelving. And so the building itself really lends itself to libraries. We've got the really high ceiling. So that allows for this mezzanine to be built. But on April the 20th at 3 p.m. at 8,000 North Texas Tollway or whatever, however we, we say that, North Texas, yeah. I, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> right there on the tollway, on the tollway, North Texas right. tollway. 8,000 North Texas Tollway and Cotton Gin. We are doing the groundbreaking for this new ginormous, epic, monumental Frisco Public Library. It's going to be amazing. I'll yeah. be there. Y'all will be there. I know you guys got invitations, so please join us. Please join us. It's at 3 p.m. It's a 30-minute mi um, um, ceremony. It'll be quick. Uh, we'll have water so you won't get dehydrated and it's going to be very cool. Our council and our city managers, they're going to be doing a special fun thing for uh, the groundbreaking. And we're not literally breaking ground because the building's already built. It's two right, walls right. that aren't going to be destroyed. We're adding on. Uh, and there's plenty of media coverage about this new library. So anybody's just got a Google new library for SCO and there's plenty of of, uh, of uh, articles that have been written. Uh, Gensler is the designing um, architecture firm in conjunction with Design 720. That's the firm that's the library building expert. So they've been working with us before Gensler was on board and Byrne is the construction company. And then of course the library staff is on board and making sure that, you know, and then of course the project manager for CMO. So it's very exciting, but that groundbreaking, I want to officially invite all of your viewers and listeners to April Tuesday, April 20th at 3 p.m. Come a little early so you can get a decent spot and uh, come check out the the latest artist's renditions of the space. The, 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 ground, the groundbreaking for the repurposing. That's right. Repurposing, yeah. reinvigorating, reimagining that and space. I'd, I'd like to just add to, to put it into perspective, too, for those that are kind of saying, well, I'm not sure I know where this is. The Discovery Center is part right. of the same building where right. where the the Black Box Theater is, where the uh, gaming museum is, uh, where the Discovery Sci Center Sci for kids. Mm -hmm. Th this is going to be just a mega location for mm -hmm. for a lot of things right there, including the brand new hundred and forty some almost hundred and fifty thousand square foot library. It's very exciting. It's so it exciting. I, I know you were talking about kind of the the structure of the of the building that it was a factory with the high ceiling and whatnot i think that i mean i'm able to envision a little bit better uh, like what the design's going to look like but it it just um offers such an opportunity to create a, a space with a lot of character i i it, this library is going to be and i and i do hope and myra and i were talking a little bit before the show started Stuart, that you know, libraries have a reputation, library. This right. is just, I wish it could be called something other than a library because 
While it is so much a library, like Myra was saying, there's so much more that this space is going to offer. Yeah, we're more than books, right, Vaughn? We're way more than books. We're a community. I, I we always pride ourselves in saying that this is your library. It's not my library. I always say I I have the keys. I have the keys. Yes, you you, you can say that. <laughs> I can say that I got the keys. Well, actually, I got too many keys, but I have a key to the library. I get to come in every day, and I get to open it, and I got it. I have it ready. Our our staff is ready to serve, right? And that's one of the distinctions I want to make that we are not your grandmother's library. Not that there's anything wrong with that library, right? Is that your father's library? That's right. Heck, it may not even be your mom's library. We take, I mean, all you have to do is come to this one, 6101 Frisco Square Boulevard. If you haven't been, you need to come because even in, I mean, we've got an early literacy experience for children. We have a a ready to read railroad that was built with um, sponsor dollars and leadership Frisco, I think class 19. If I get that wrong, I'm going to get in trouble (laughs) by lots of people. Uh, And in the foundation and the friends, everybody just chipped in and had that built. And it's a uh, early literacy experience uh, because children learn through play, right? And they get in there and they play and they have manipulatables and we have, you know, some some uh, some phonic stuff. They have puppets and they just learn how to coexist next to children they don't even know. Uh, and it's very exciting. It's all these early literacy skills and milestones that when a child goes to that place, they actually get to experience it. And then we also have like pop-up uh, STEM stations that we deploy and we do demos. And then, oh my goodness, we have this maker space that is killer. We have a, the trail book, trail book, the Trailblazer Press, which we got a grant for from the state. And that allows us to print um, paperback books. And it's very exciting. So you could self-publish here at the library. Uh, Our staff will go ahead and give you the formatting and they'll review it for formatting. We don't edit for uh, copy and we don't, we're not, you know, book reviewers or editors, but we are a printing press and that's been going strong for years now. And of course we have laser cutter and we have 3D printing. And I mean, that all that stuff's still going, going, going. And we are not an old fashioned library. You know, I grew up on the East Coast and I grew up um, in New York City. And my branch library is the Tremont Branch Library in South 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 Bronx, right? And my library was a, a Dale Carnegie Library from 1905. And recently I was on their website and they still have the big block desk, right? So it's a bit of a fortress. Old libraries tend to be uh, more segmented and, you know, nooks and crannies. Our library here is divided in three spaces, but when you go into each floor, there's an expansive feeling. Our new library is going to be the same way. It's going to be like super expansive. So let me tell you what else we did in 2020 besides survive a pandemic and, you know, do all this virtual stuff. We opened up a new branch. I was going to that was a that was a topic of discussion for many years. Was yeah. well, instead of building another <laughs> library, uh, keep the library <laughs> where it is, the fifty-five thousand square feet, and open right. up some satellites. That's right. That's right. And, and so I remember have, that topic of discussion. Yeah. So that's been on the books for a long time. Uh, before um, this idea bloomed into this beauty of a new library in twenty eighteen. Uh, 
before then, we the EDC had negotiated a deal with the Hyatt Group, the Moon family. You know Sam Moon, uh, that family yep. that does all the amazing shopping for women yep. and men, but mainly us. So we know, right, Vaughn? Yep. Can you say earrings and purses? That's, That's all right. And, and when my girls were little, bows and bows and bows and bows. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Right. I'm like, I'm kind of due right. for a visit, but if I know I go and I, I drop 200 bucks and it's exactly. like, no, still have, a, I still have a son in college, control right. yourself. <laughs> anyway. And so, um, uh, the moon family, uh, were built, we were building a building at Stonebriar center. Uh, and they were revitalizing that mall space. Uh, that was around the same time that Kidzania also, uh, decided to build and revitalize that mall at Stonebriar center. So exciting. And so, uh, they negotiated a deal, of course, the council approved it. And so what the moon family did is they carved out 3000 square feet of library space for the library. And so, uh, you know, from the time of when that happens, I can't even remember the year. Every, you know, the years are all running together, especially after this pandemic year. You're like, right, right. What did it say? It wasn't. There was no day. It was just, just day. It was like it was right, wasn't right. Wednesday. It wasn't Monday. It wasn't Tuesday. Because uh, even people that were working, they were from home, and everybody's in their pajamas, and it was just like the year that went. And like we are part of history, right? Like, right. I, yeah, you look back and so many things I missed because I just missed it historically. This one I didn't miss. I'm like, I'm in the middle. But anyway, um, so in the meantime, before the pandemic hit, <coughs> excuse me, the Hyatt was building their building, right? Yeah. And their beautiful hotel. Oh, my God, over 300 uh, uh, rooms and just gorgeous luxury amenities and for us, uh, gorgeous, you know, pool and everything. And then I was handed the keys to that kingdom as well. And my director said, here, you have to manage that project. And we didn't even name it at the time. We were like the mall location, the mall location. Since then, <laughs> it's been christened Connection. It's called Connection at Stonebriar Center. And it is on the same floor of the, of the Hyatt's lobby. But it's not actually in the lobby, even though we are within the four walls of the hotel. We are off center. We're like offset from their lobby. There's double doors closing it off. So um, it's part of that also the revitalization of the mall uh, and just small spaces in general all over the country are revitalizing, reinventing themselves. And so having a hotel attached to this mall is kind of like a really cool concept, I think. Uh, you know, City of Frisco has so much to do tons of sports, tons of venues for uh, entertainment and things. And so uh, hotels, you know, heads and beds are a thing here in the city of Frisco, our EDC, right, our right. CVV, you know, everyone is, is just community building, right? We have a lot, we have our residents, uh, we have our visitors and, you know, and then we kind of have guests that come in and out and just kind of visit. But um, anyway, so back to the mall location. And uh, we finally named it. It was Connection. And now it I is. Like that a, name. Isn't that cool? It's just it's a, a place where you connect. You connect. Right. You connect shopping. You connect uh, visiting yeah. the, the Hyatt. You connect the mall. You connect, uh, you know, movies, whatever. And you have this children's library right there. And this children's library is about, it's about 1,900 square feet. So what happened was. You know, I don't know if you know, but the library here at Maine on the square here in Frisco, Frisco Square, we had a passport office. It was wildly, wildly popular and really embraced by our community. Tons and tons of, you know, uh, 
hundreds, thousands of passports have been acceptance. Not we don't issue them, but we accept the application. And we have a whole legion of passport agents trained by the State Department, and we have a manager. I'm not a passport agent, so please do not ask me any questions <laughs> about how to get a passport because I don't know. <laughs> you just have the key to the place. Right. I don't have the keys. I don't have the keys to the passport office. Oh. Like that is another key. I mean, like oh, seriously. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, like it's for real. Like I have security, I have a classified clearance from the military, but I am not a passport agent. So I am not. So sorry. 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 Can't get to that. Uh, but I know people, I know people uh, that can get it for you. Uh, but you can go. So yeah, so long story short, we move, we closed the passport office, obviously due to the pandemic. And, and there was no traveling abroad anyway. I mean, we couldn't right. go anywhere. And so when we opened up connections, we decided that we wanted to move our passport offices to make it more accessible, not just to the Frisco residents, to, but to area people, all of Collin County, honestly, uh, and the Metroplex in general, making it a more centralized location because the State Department is you know, uh, a federal agency. Um, that's a service that is, you know, uh, goes across the country for all uh, U.S. citizens. Very exciting. And so when we were able to finally open up Connection in January, uh, the passport office opened with it. It's very exciting. Uh, and so we designed that to be a lot more user-friendly. And they open evening hours or early after late afternoon hours and weekend hours. And that's very exciting too. And so they're open. Tons and tons of passports have been already um, accepted. And we have a manager that handles that. And if you go, go online, you'll go to our friscolibrary.com and you put in passport, you'll get more information there. You can go ahead and get uh, your uh, passport uh uh, appointment because it is by appointment. Uh, it's very, but it's cool. The community, of course, just tons and tons of uh, passports already have been accepted there as well. And then the children's library, because of COVID, we have not done any programming there. I mean, like I said, we just started our um, uh, first in-person story times on the square outdoors. Um, but we will start programming that space as, as soon as more people are vaccinated. And we just feel like, mm -hmm. because it is a smaller space, it's only 1900 square feet. It's going to be a transformer library because all the shelvings on casters and wheels. And so when we do a program for children or adults, we'll have to push open, uh, you know, and create a space for it to be uh, used for programming. So ESL, we might do my some book clubs. We'd love to do some receptions there, maybe with the arts. You know, the, the possibilities are endless. So we're super excited, super excited about that space. Are the, are, um, will our community, I know that we have listeners outside of our community, but will the, you know, the local community here be able to, keep up with the development of the library as we progress, you know, from groundbreaking, which is coming up next week through, yeah. complete, through completion. Will there be any way that for us to keep up with all the building and yeah, things yeah. that are coming, the features, all of what we're talking about today, it'd be great all if, right. we, you know, our listeners could tap in every now and then and just mm -hmm. check progress. Oh, yeah, there's going to be all kinds of amazing uh, public relations. You know, we're going to pepper the community with updates all along. Uh, our director is 
really, really engaged with that process. And she is leading that effort to make sure that the community knows as it goes. Uh, there's all kinds of things. I don't want to blow. I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away because I like you, like you, you know, too much. And I know a lot too. And then, you know, between each other, we're like, we could say things like, I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> you think you know, and then you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, no, we're going to do some really cool stuff to keep everyone engaged. Uh, groundbreaking happens next week. And then when we go forward, we will uh, be able to keep everyone engaged with maybe even some time-lapse photography, maybe even some rollouts of new information. I don't know. The possibilities are out there. So it's, it's got, again, I, I've been kept out of the loop a little bit, not on purpose, but just because I've got, you know, all this other stuff. I'm running connections. Right. I'm doing this. You know, it's budget week for the city and we're all super busy. Uh, but yeah, no, we are definitely going to keep our community engaged. You need to follow us on Facebook, Frisco Library. Um, Go to the webpage, Frisco Library. Can, sure. Can Mark put that, put that up? What is, Frisco, yeah, what is that face, web, website? Yeah, FriscoLibrary.com. FriscoLibrary.com. Yes, sir. Yeah, FriscoLibrary.com. And then we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You need to follow us on Facebook. I mean, it's just all there is to it. Absolutely. To. Uh, that's where we're going to probably uh, launch most of our things. And then, uh, you know, Facebook feeds it to Twitter and, you know, they'll... We'll just have it all just kind of hanging right. out. Yep, yep, there it is. FriscoLibrary.com. That's that's us. So I saw that our, our, our uh, viewers and listeners and all can go to that and get information about the groundbreaking also. You know, that's a great question. Uh, if you go on the Facebook, let me see. Okay. Somebody pull up Facebook. Let's see. You know, I, I, think, I think it's safe to assume that this library, when it is completed and everything, is going to be a state-of-the-art library that not only is going to service our community, but it's going to be a, a, like a role model for other communities to come to see what the very latest is. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. My, Gensler? You know, when I, when I grew up, I mean, the library was a place you went for reference. Okay. Uh, you, went, well, you went to study, but it was also for reference. Libraries have become so much more than that. The digital age has just propelled you right through the roof, right. and and you know I I know that you probably can't reveal uh, that kind of stuff right now, but I mean I think it's safe to assume that you are going to see a modern digital presence oh, in yeah. those library walls that will blow your mind away mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not just the resources but like we she like Myra was talking about even just the space that mm -hmm. they're going to be utilizing for different concepts like, right. like we were right. talking about just events community events mm -hmm. or workspace or yeah, um, right. just you know uh, lectures and whatnot I mean and not just the resources digital or or books right. or whatever but That's just right. the space itself is going to be able to be and traditional libraries back in our day mm -hmm. didn't have mm -hmm. even that space um That's right. you know they right. had like you're saying the big square wood tables and the very choppy kind of design right. And everyone telling you, you to be a, quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Maybe maybe you had one room that had a had a a, a conference type table that right. would would uh, accommodate ten or twelve people, right? Uh, and all, but but now there's going to be that opportunity for things like like the the VFW or the American Legion or oh yeah private, private groups to come in and rent those spaces and That's have right. a, a wonderful you know Absolutely. inviting space in order to carry on their business too. That's right. So in speaking about that, you know, as the assistant 
director of public services, my goal is to get as many community partners into that library using that space so that not only do we provide great opportunities for the community to get to participate in just fun stuff, but to make sure that everybody feels at home there and feels welcome there. Um, I, we try to do that here, but we have been limited in space. You only, Like I said earlier, we only have one big library right. space, right? One big uh, community room that only seats. It's not that big. You know, it's just not that big. With tables and chairs, it's like 70 people. We're talking about a space, tables and chairs, you know, 300 people. That's that's a, a huge bump up. But let me tell you, on April the 10th, I just pulled it up on Facebook. If you follow the Frisco Public Library on Facebook, this is the post. Join us at the groundbreaking of your new Frisco Public Library. We'll kick off construction and feature images of the exciting future library from 3 to 3.30 on Tuesday, April the 20th. The building is located at 8000 North Dallas Parkway off of Cotton Gin Road. See you there. So y'all need to come. Y'all need to come. Very good. And that's, <laughs> on the face, that's on the Facebook page. Yes. On we can April go share it. Can we go in and share that? Very good. Yeah, yeah. That link. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Y'all can, though, right? Yeah, right, right, right. 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 Okay, okay, okay. So, <laughs> it's right. on there. It's on April um, 10th. Am I, yeah. and, am, I, am I allowed to ask, and I don't even know if y'all know yet, I'm really just, I'm just curious because we've been talking a lot about the old space yeah. City Hall. Any any idea what y'all are going to do with that space once you leave it? Oh, yeah, they've been talking about that for years too. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, City Hall will take the whole building. Okay, so that will. You know, the, the, the the city services that we had also that were 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 there for those seventy five thousand people now also needed to be expanded, uh, and also everybody yeah. HR. So finance. the city services and all will take that that space and expand what they're already doing and it's a win-win for everybody win-win yeah yep. definitely yeah. we looked at expanding this space as a matter of fact when this space was built there was the possibility of expanding on this side on the east side right both and on the when, east end and the west end of the building they that's right about that. that's right that was the from the very beginning that was the potential and when again the feasibility study that took into account what would that what would that look like and the cost was a lot more to expand this, mm -hmm. to build new, or to refurbish, reimagine, reinvent yeah. that that existing space. And yeah. uh, to your point, Stuart, uh, the fact that that corner is going to be just this vibrant, vibrant space for the arts, for learning, for, you know, Grand Park. I believe that yeah. the trailhead is going to be there. I don't know if there's more than one trailhead, right. but it's going to be. So you'll be able to park your car, go on a hike. You know, mm -hmm. go to an exhibit, maybe at the um, video game museum or do some science at SciTech or and then pop in, get some library books or or start at the library, do story time, go to, you know, the museum over here and then go do a, a trail. And right behind that is is the development of the uh, oh, yeah. the, the Museum of American Railroad uh, history cool. too. So, I mean, this is going this is going to be a destination location. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Frisco Square will still have its vibrancy because so many communities, you know, do things there and events and fun right. runs and everything. Uh, but so I can walk to the new right. library space. I mean, I do it often. I'll take walks at lunch, right, just to get a little exercise, you know, and 
I'll just, it takes just no time at all to walk over there. So we're, and then there's housing that's going to be built out there and there's some roundabouts already. You need to drive it. And most people just drive past and don't see anything. There is a whole lot happening between the current library and the new library in terms of per, private development. You got to come check that out too. Yeah, definitely. Re there's re restaurants and, uh, and uh, theaters, uh, all kinds of, that's why I say it's going to be a, it's going to be a destination location and, and, and there's hotels in the area. People can stay in a hotel and just spend a week visiting the library, visiting all these other, other places. It's going to be incredible. And we've got, you know, we've got a heritage a museum right there. We have a heritage museum. We've got well, this brand new state of the art, light art of, of the state of the art library with multiple spaces that are rentable to the community. Uh, you don't have to live in Frisco to be able to rent them. You know, there'll just be different tiers of pricing and things that we still haven't worked out yet. It's like, okay, can we just break ground? Can we yeah. just break ground? Come <laughs> on. Let's, let's get, ball, get the ball rolling. Right, right. Exactly. You're, you're, you're exactly. just like, I'm ready to book a room. Uh, Stuart, we don't have a room yet, but we know what it's going <laughs> to look like, maybe. Uh, but so we're looking at possibly... Uh, uh, 18, uh, 16 to 18 months of full. So we're looking at fall 2022 for sure. Yeah. It's going to go by so fast, I think. Oh yeah. It's very exciting. Um, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to do as a public services uh, assistant director is look at our best practices. How do we turn what we do here into a viable business model over there? Because we have, three floors, right? So now instead of three floors, but if you take those three floors and you lay them flat, they still only add up to 55,000 square feet. Right. 146. Okay. That's three times my size. And so we're not looking to expand our expenses by adding a lot more staff, see? And so we're looking mm -hmm. to maintain the same staffing levels and get really creative. And that's where I truly feel that the Frisco Public Library staff and management team and our foundation and our friends, everybody knows that we do the most with the least amount of staff. Like we do per transactions, we beat our neighbors out of the water. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. Okay. You're not it, biased, are you? Mara? I'm not bragging or nothing. It's just what it is. I'm, what am I supposed to do that we're also like that? I, you know, and that's where I get in trouble. Like, Mark, you're such a braggart. No, but those are just the facts. Like, it's like, the facts, ma'am. Yep. Look at the council report. It's public record. Well, FTE per transit. You're like, would you guys do that much? Well, it's it's safe to say this ain't going to be your mama's library. You know, right. it, it, by any any stretch of the imagination, Myra, thank you very very much for spending time with us. It's it's just been a great conversation. I mean, I I think I think we've got an entire community excited about what's oh, what's yeah. going to be happening. And for those outside of our area, give it another year, but plan to come to Frisco. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm at our new library. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, I I think you can find my. Uh, you should be able to find my um, email online. Let me look. I'm going to come. Go to, go to the, go to the website. Yeah. Go yeah. to frisco.library.com. And, yeah. and follow the progress. Absolutely. Frisco.library.com. And when you go there, let me see if you scroll all the way. Do you have any questions? I could always, you know, direct you to our director and uh, she'll be more than happy to um, type it in and we'll, we'll get the, get, get the information to you too. Mm -hmm. I know well, you're, any, yeah. you're, you're, you're MDS at Frisco 
uh, library.gov. Okay, wait, wait. FriscoTexas.gov. Right. That's right. M-Diaz. 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 Thank you very, very much, M-Diaz. At Frisco, Texas. All right. Great take care. Time with you. All right. We'll see hey. you later. Thanks, Myra, so much. See you take next care. Tuesday. Thanks. That'll do it for another edition of Something Tuesday. to Talk About. We will uh, be back with you again same time next week right here. Something to Talk About. Go out and make it a good one. Bye, guys. Bye.